Nathan. Oh, it's Chaboy. You call me Chubby. <laughs> Sorry, I just have a little bit it's of a speech. Chubboy. It's, it's a clumsy portmanteau of Chubby and your boy. It's Chubboys. Your, your Chubby boy. <laughs> My favorite site. Yes. Ooh, hang on. Let me see. Let's see. Is that available for purchase? Oh, no. I want mine. Wouldn't you want an email address at chubboys.com? Yeah, absolutely. That actually would be really good. Chubboys.com. I want it. It's available. Slim- <laughs> Holy shit. I want it. I want an address that's uh, slim daddy at chubboys.com. <laughs> oh, this is the best idea we've ever had. Are we going to have to buy it? I mean, am I going to have to buy Am I then going to have to build a show? Are you using our Patreon funds to buy well, Chubboys.com? I might be. I might be. If if you do that, everyone that's supporting, all 10 people that are supporting us on Patreon, I guarantee you are going to leave us and never look back. Well, we might have to just roll those dice. <laughs> Ready for a natural one? I guess. That's, that's how they rate me on a scale of, of uh, 1 to 10 for hotness. <laughs> You know, it's it's a one, but I come by it naturally. <laughs> Welcome to Snooze Outside the Box Set. It's a... A sleepy show. It's a sleepy, sleepy show about music that's so boring it'll put you to sleep. This is a very special ASMR episode. Yes. Just go ahead and tuck yourself in and um, put this on real low in your ears and just on real low. Have some pleasant, boring dreams, (laughs) which is a pretty good description of this album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Smash Mouth's e uh, e e pony mouth album. Smash Mouth Mouth album. Smush Moth. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in, listener, and I'm Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt, and uh, I was very bored by this album. Me too. I liked it a little bit better when I listened to, um, like, one-minute snippets of each of the songs when I was recording sound samples. Hmm. Um, A little bit better, but still not a lot and pretty boring. And each one kind of has the same dynamic of, like, leading into the chorus. So that's something I noticed. I think something that I'm learning is that it's very rare for someone to have to have a good idea and then to figure out how to plant that idea and make an idea tree that they can harvest. Like what a good metaphor. Um well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little bit it's, like uh case in point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult like if someone I've often given our artists the benefit of a doubt and been like, wow, this is great. I wonder how much of this they have, like stuff of this quality and of this complexity. And it's usually a very low amount. Um, So uh, there are very few people, uh, very few artists, I think, who really successfully like know why they're good Uh and know how to keep that going. Yeah. Sounds about right. So, yeah. Who, who ICP, do you think, Garth Brooks. Yeah. Who do you think is a like positive example of that? Like, who do you think knows why they're good and is able to keep that going? I think Sufjan Stevens is. Interesting. Um, but yeah, he, like he's, he's changed an enormous amount in his albums, but um, I think he, I think he has a good insight into um, what makes his music and his lyrics valuable. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the first example that comes to mind. Um, I'm trying to think of other musical examples. I mean, old time music is a lot easier because, like, it's all sort of. Yeah, you don't have to write it. Um, Although there are certain people who, like um, Gary Harrison, is an old time fiddler, and his stuff is a little bit hard to find. Um, But I would. Maybe we can find a link to something. I don't know. Anyway, he he was an Indiana fiddler and ethnomusicologist. Um, sorry, Illinois fiddler. Excuse me. He's an Illinois fiddler <laughs> and, and ethnomusicologist. Ohio states are all he, the same. <laughs> all the same. Iowa, whatever. So he uh, he was an ethnomusicologist, and he 
like went around Illinois and found all of this old fiddle music and made a book out of it called Dear Old Illinois. But he also like was a great tune writer and he wrote very original tunes, but I think it's because he spent so much time doing work studying like what Illinois fiddling should sound like mm-hmm. and that he was able to sort of channel channel the parts through his um uh through his influence channel whose parts um, through his influence sorry he i'm getting a little he was on. actually steeped in something so he's able to make something valuable because he's he was interested in something else mm-hmm. and i think a lot of um a lot of our artists i sometimes i feel like they don't have good enough external influences like garth oh, brooks is a thought. businessman yeah and, you know, like, I know that he had a lot of music in his life, but I don't know how much of it he actually really loved in a pure way. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. ICP, um, <laughs> I think they, I think in some ways ICP kind of, or probably T-Pain, probably in ICP kind of came close to it because they actually had a lot of influences. Yeah. Um, but um, but uh, ICP are just like too too stupid and immature (laughs) (laughs) to like really pull it off a lot of the time. But, uh, I think they sort of got the closest, uh, you know, for having like a pure motivation Mm. and like trying to create out of it. So, well, listen, and they were actually trying to channel like, like stuff that came before them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, listener, you can expect a lot of this kind of, uh, what's the word? Tangents because there's very little that we have to say about this album. It's a big yep. nothing. Even Wikipedia struggles to say anything about it. It says it is notable in that it was their first album with new drummer Michael Urbano. So <laughs> that's the only reason it's notable. And yep. its release was delayed a few months due to the death of lead vocalist Steve Harwell's son, Presley Scott Harwell. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, I didn't read that part. I remember hearing about how that did, back in the day. How did he die? I think it was like some freak accident or something, if I remember right. Jesus. It was like, yeah, it was a kind of this terrible tragedy. Oh, yeah. Leukemia, actually. Oh, man. And uh, that kid was six months old when he died. Ugh. Man. Terrible. That sucks. And then Harwell, Steve Harwell. I stopped calling him Steve Harvey because I don't want to beat that you know, horse on the ground. Uh, Steve Harwell created a medical research fund in his son's name. So. Hmm. Good work, Steve. <sighs> yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> so we we mentioned that the um, this album is their e pony mouth, and in the sense of self titled album, it's called Smash Mouth, yeah. and the band is called Smash Mouth. And uh, Wikipedia has this to say about the title: Smash Mouth held a contest on their website in the fall of 2000 to name their third album. This one, the re- <laughs> the result was a two way tie, with the winning suggestion being to self title the album. So they Man. crowdsourced this shit and that was the best idea they came up with. Why would you crowdsource the title of your album? Yeah, you think it'd just be... It'll Did they give being, any hints about what the album was about or anything? I don't know. I, it feels like that shit, you're just begging to have it named Bodie McBoatface or Hitler Did Nothing Wrong <laughs> or 42069, That's the Way I Like to Climb or something like that. <laughs> Or Granny gets down and fucks real good, or you know, just something, <laughs> something stupid. Uh, recently, I had a guest on Get Up in the Cool, um, who <laughs> I'll get I'll get his actual. So, like, I I did a post about our episode, um, and uh, on Instagram, and so I had to tag him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I found out that his. Instagram handle is Nighthawk underscore four twenty sixty nine. So <laughs> very good. I put that. I put that on my Instagram to to support him. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows what he is doing. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, I guess should we get into the songs? I guess we should. I don't know which one to start with because I just like, I can't even remember any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, this is so unmemorable. True. Um, I can choose a bad one. 
All right, she's a bad one. Let's talk about Pacific Coast Party. Oh, that's probably. Uh, bassist wrote this one with Greg. Ah, oh, that explains why it's bad, I guess. Because apparently yeah. Greg is the best writer in the group. Yeah, so I don't know what the bassist specifically had to offer, because this is a pretty low-concept song. Yeah, there's not really... The song doesn't really have anything to offer. Like, I don't understand. Maybe he came up with the... The disco parts? Part. <laughs> I guess, maybe. Yeah, so... This I was mean, the we basically did... single of the album. Ah, oh, man. Hey, I heard somebody say, work harder than you play, but I never missed a single day's party. Word... I never heard a word. I turned the other way. Pacific Coast Party. This is nothing. <laughs> also, the PCH fucking sucks. They, met, they mentioned in the first verse, get your mono running, California Interstate 1, Pacific Coast Party. It's like, at least around LA, it's just a nightmare of traffic and smog. Yeah. It's the worst. Nothing party about it. Uh, there's some fun disco-ish stuff. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear the the intro? <laughs> sure. Is that basically the same as What's what's the like the deep voice guy? Barry White? Barry White. Isn't that like a Barry White song? Well, actually, uh, one of my um, friends has corrected me and said his voice isn't actually that deep. He's not singing that deep. I did that. that. <laughs> yes, you did. I'm making fun of you for your pedantry. Yeah. Uh, well, he has a uh, deep tone. Yes. If he's, even uh, if he's but yeah, yeah, Barry White. Notes, yeah. Um, isn't that a Barry White song? Doesn't it sound exactly like that? It does. I mean... I don't know which... I don't know his Smash catalog enough to know so which one so derivative that it's like, does it even really matter? Yeah. Yeah. So they do that, but then um, there's kind of a... <laughs> Probably one of the best, probably the best guitar solo in Smash Mouth so far, um, with some disco strings. Yeah, pretty low you bar. Play that, but yeah, let's listen. Well, yeah. Definitely the highlight of this dumb, dumb song. Yeah, I would say that's like a. Um, the kind of thing you would expect to hear in like a Daft Punk song, yeah, or something. It does sound except like for get lucky a little bit, like one of those guitar. Yeah, parts. just like a simple groovy, um, simple groovy part, um, but also melodic, also melodic. Yeah, so yeah, but uh, you know, <laughs> Daft Punk is exciting for a lot of other. Actually, their songs are usually pretty good. Like the even their lyrics are good. Mm-hmm. So in a way, but. Yeah, this is a nothing song, and it's boring. Um, it's a song about partying, but it's not even very exciting. This is no Andrew WK. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say. <laughs> not Andrew WK, for sure. Uh, verse 2, just quit your bitch and bite your tongue. Save it for a rainy day, son. Pacific Coast party. Get your ticket. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Why? Who Cameron, are Cameron, they talking to? Quit your bitchin', bite your tongue, and save it for a rainy day. They're heading off criticism of this dumb, dumb song. By saying, just don't say it. <laughs> Save it for a rainy day. Hmm. Yeah, and they're they're saying like, get your ticket, pack your bags. They're saying that like, plan on this specific like, commute to this party. What are they talking about? Yeah, especially because it's a highway. Like, you know, I mean, is it yeah. a bus? Is that the ticket you're buying? Uh, I don't. If you want to find peace of mind, come and get it. Get yourself in line. Take your time and watch it slip away. Watch what slip away. Time. All right. The line? Let's, can we can we <laughs> not let Paul do any more? Paul Delisle? Can we keep oh, him away from the, so. the whiteboard? <laughs> Ooh, let's see. Let's see what he does yeah. on the next album. Does he write any? Um, oh, he, he works on one of the songs. The very last song. Oh, man. is Ooh, it? What's it called? New Planet. It's about a party on a new planet. I bet it is. Get your ticket. <laughs> Pack your bags. <laughs> on, Eli, on Elon Musk's new, new planet. <laughs> yep. Planet Cruise, Space Cruise. Ooh, they do another uh, Neil Diamond song, too, on the next album. Huh. 
All right. Well, you choose a song now. Okay. Um, I guess we could talk about shoes and hats. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, nothing to say. That sounds familiar. All right, so this song is ostensibly about something, um, whereas the I other guess. ones, yeah. So I guess this is a show, this is a song about um, not being beholden to fads. Is it? Um, I think so. Um, the shoes you wear ain't the shoes I'd wear, but I don't care. You've got things to say, but they're thrown away because they're so passe. To them, they... Who are they anyway? That's they're a just great beating question. Each other. <laughs> who are being, they that you're talking about? It's a very meta moment. Yeah. Like, because in general, like, it's impossible to say who the second or third person is, or even the first person is sometimes exactly. in these Smash Mouth songs. Very undefined. Um, so everyone cares because the hat that he wears is on the wrong way. Who's um, he? so, you know, and I heard <laughs> he. them say, don't be square. So, so square will stay. Who's we? So this is sort of, yeah. <laughs> so I think what they're trying to say is that uh, Smash Mouth is being, uh, willfully, um, uncool. And that that, if you really think about it, is the only cool way to be. It's so rebellious. I'm holding and cool. on to my old man's sneakers, just going deaf to my hi-fi records, and hanging around at the pawn shop, waiting for nothing to change. Anything strange is wrong. So even what? in that chorus, like my <laughs> my interpretation of what wrong? the lyrics what the lyrics mean is that like it seems like they're they're already crit- criticizing themselves um, for not staying with the times and not following the fads so i don't even really know i think there's a lot of defensiveness on this album like most of the artists we've gotten to uh get to that stage in their career where they get famous and then they get defensive and this is smash mouth doing the, that exact thing where yeah but they, people aren't even like, like ironically like liking smash mouth at this point i don't think like they're just a pop band right but i think they feel pretty self-conscious about, especially because like they completely changed their genre from their first album to the second album. Like they pretty right. consciously decided to focus on the things that got them success and popularity. And I think they're trying to head off the criticism of like, Oh, they sold out. There's like one particular song yeah. later on in this album where they are essentially addressing that exact idea of selling out. And they're just, they're kind of like, yeah, we're just going for it and getting, Getting while the getting's good, man. I can't think of a single example of music that's defensive and good, except for Kendrick Lamar. Oh, you th- you'd use that word defensive? Um, I would liberally use the word defensive. Like he's a lot of his songs are about how like people are kind of like out to get him and out to criticize him. Um, I mean that's within and without his community. Hip-hop. You don't think there's any other hip hop that does it well? I'm sure there is. I mean, I don't listen to that much hip hop, but oh, okay. um, the other hip hop that I listen to is like, I don't think MF doom is very defensive. Right. Um, and, and usually, <laughs> usually when it does happen in hip hop, it's not like an entire song. Um, like oftentimes right. it's just like a few throwaway lines or like one verse or something, or they're like specifically calling a specific person out, which can be pretty fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I think the thing about defensiveness is that, um, if it's unearned, like everyone feels defensive about petty shit, right? But yeah. you should you should know, like it should smell a certain way to you. Like if you're being defensive about something, like it should you should be able to tell that it's not worth writing a song about. Yeah, exactly. Because like it's yeah. pretty hard to earn anyone's sympathy if you're being defensive. It's like a pretty yeah. just off-putting thing to hear someone do yeah. and be. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard to to be underneath an emotion and then to make good art, I think. Um, you have to, like, have some sort of perspective on it, hmm. I think, in order for it to be good, most of the time. Um, like, Alan- like, Alanis in Jagged Little Pill was obviously 
experiencing a lot of um, kind of intense anger and resentment and stuff like that. But she, for whatever reason, at the time that she wrote those songs, like, I feel like she really saw herself and she knew mm-hmm. who she was. Mm-hmm. And then in the rest, the rest of her career, it felt like she just never, um, never got outside of herself again. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. Hmm. Well, is there anything else um, we should say about this song? I don't think I have any. Like- I, ha- I have a sound example of uh, some lyrics that I already read, but my... <laughs> Uh, it's the one that says uh, shoes and hats this is nothing oh, yeah. um, just to like show you how how banal and pointless this is like the delivery of these bad bad words yeah great love it can't wait thrown away to them they who are they anyway they're just beating each other at being each other with nothing to say the, the the worst part is that the f- the form of the verse would be interesting if it was actually serving <laughs> like something good to say. Yeah, I mean, he, um, his, but his vocal melody has like more movement than a lot of his vocal melodies do. Yeah. So, but but because it isn't a sort of erratic form with erratic lyrics, it's just highlighting the fact that the lyrics don't mean anything. Um. Like I'm really into irregular forms if they're if they're logical because mm-hmm. sometimes like I sometimes people write in instead of like in a stanza they'll write in sort of a paragraph form and they'll change the they'll make the music structure um, fit around it mm-hmm. but it's for a purpose but if you're just doing something random and you're just saying something random, then mm. that's like the worst thing that you could do. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Shall we move on to the next one? Yeah. Let's take a look at uh, the inset. Because this is the song I was referring to earlier where it's kind of about ah, man. selling out. very hard to figure out what this song is about like the chorus is if you're not down with us you're down below where have you been who do you know what are the point of those questions it's no secret this is our big show and we will never let you down never ever ever so at least part of that i feel is kind of about their newfound fame where they're like yeah we're going to try to be the best version of this pop band that we have found ourselves becoming um and then At one point, they say, we're just driving this jalopy till it grinds to a halt, and that's our mission, a Hollywood tradition. And I feel like that's kind of like yeah. their self-aware look at, yeah, you know, we're not necessarily thinking this is the best music ever, but we're kind of just riding the wave of our own popularity. Yep. While we can. Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. And, and to a certain extent, I kind of respect that. I feel like the 90s was filled with a lot of just angst and mistrust about uh artists selling out was like a pretty common phrase around that time and uh yeah i think it's kind of bullshit and a stupid idea um yeah so i kind of appreciate smash mouth being like yeah we're kind of just going for it chasing success getting that paper and uh we're trying to do it good yeah um yeah, all that all that being said, the song isn't very good. <laughs> it has a lot of dumb lyrics. Well, the pond may be big, but it ain't deep if you dig. What the fuck? You ever dig a pond? I have, actually. <laughs> it takes a long, long time. Yep. And, yeah, um, especially if you're a um, lazy 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> what about this lyric? And I was a junkie way before it was cool. With that, I'll leave you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind that of That has a, like a very like live journal, like poetry kind of <laughs> vibe to it. Yes. The like inverted grammar <laughs> of with that, I'll leave you. And the yeah. like not actually rhyme of cool with you. Yeah. Woof. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Call me cruel and unkind, but I'm cool and refined like a robot. Hmm yawn there's just so many i feel like 
Greg Camp just decided at some point since the last album just be like, eh, I'll just throw whatever bullshit lyrics in. It doesn't matter. And his songs have yeah. gotten a lot less coherent. I feel I feel like, you know, they weren't necessarily great or filled with good lyrics, but at least they seemed somewhat coherently about something most of the time. Yeah. Like Fushu Ming was like a lot of bad content, but for the most part it was, we knew what they were talking about Yes, and they weren't making any poetic bluffs um, or just like trying to make a catchy song that didn't have to mean anything. So yeah. Yeah. All right. You choose the next one. All right. Um, we can dance if we want to. What? Disenchanted. Oh, the TV show that Matt Graney yeah. made for Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> I would much rather talk about that than this album. What's your favorite episode? Have you finished it yet? Uh, yeah, I finished it. Oh, interesting. What did you think of the yeah. uh, last episode? <laughs> We're talking two? about that now. Apparently, I mean... I we, we found didn't. a loophole. We found a loophole. <laughs> we don't actually have to talk about this dumb, dumb song. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, one of my favorite parts about that show is the theme song. It goes a little something <laughs> like this. smash mouth goes jazz and what a jazz it is they jazz so hard i mean so smooth (laughs) which is it (laughs) they really give birth to the cool yes um i think this is the the ultimate poetic bluff Ooh, I think I know what you're trying to read. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all the all the all words. Of them. <laughs> but I think there are a couple standouts, even among this uh song of standout poetic bluffs. Um well there's this this verse two is pretty bad. Um here we go. Uh the one met the one I adore at a liquor store and she gave up counting sheep and she explained to me what waitress really means that most ignore what she's waiting for while earning an honest keep. She's acting out Tinseltown's most hated scene. That's exactly Actually, what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. I think Damn I kind it, of what know. What does waitress really mean? <laughs> you know. I know. I know what they're trying to say, but um, I think it's a pretty, a pretty gross attempt at trying to be clever. That it's like, like he tried to make an entire verse out of that line from All-Star where it's like, um, someone asked if he has change for gas and he's like, yep, what a concept. I could use a little uh, yeah, fuel yeah. myself and we could all use a little change. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take that make yeah. an entire verse out of it. Yeah. If you think about it, they're not really waiting on customers. They're waiting for their opportunity. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, yep. Uh, so, but is the rest of the song about that at all? Cause like, that's just a mo, that's just a moment. Cause the rest of the song is like government test climate best. Ugh. If you're looking for no rest, uh, at midnight, you can grab your keys and slip into your bulletproof dress. What? Um, ugh, this is such bullshit. Yeah. I just, so, I also want to point I, out in that verse too, it's pretty clearly about like a waitress trying to make it in LA or Hollywood. Yeah. But it begins with, I'm just another creep in that town that never sleeps. And that's New York. Yep. <laughs> so he's, he's, he like is making all these references he doesn't even understand. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I've heard that phrase. I guess that could be LA. Whatever. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Sirens, so the song, I, and I, it's I, remixed long into the broad daylight. I guess. So I don't know why they're writing a song about, um, trying to make it in in la when they already have made it in the biz yep and like if they're disenchanted it's not it, it should be with success and not with um like trying to make it and not being able to yeah and if they're wanting to talk about the people who haven't made it they could probably do it in a better way <laughs> uh, yeah, oh probably like maybe talk like to like tell a specific story like they in Fushu Ming, all the problems of it, they were telling specific stories. Yes. You know, like about events or situations or people. Yeah. 
you know, and this is just sort of vague. And I feel like it's all the worse because it has this sort of loungy jazz kind of vibe to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to play this sound sample? Ooh. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know what this is. Do you want to set it up first or just go for and it? I don't, even, I don't even remember what it is. <laughs> well, Wikipedia has this section called Behind the Scenes for this album. And it says, at the end of Disenchanted, you can hear the sound of something crashing to the ground. Steve oh, Harwell yeah. was recording Shit. his vocals in a large room normally used for orchestras on movie soundtracks at Skywalker Sound. Spare me his life story. When he was finished with a take, he accidentally knocked over a vintage Georg Neumann tube microphone. He tries oh, to convince no. producers. I mean, it's like apparently like $12,000 or something. He tries to convince producers and engineers that everything is fine and it could be fixed with duct tape, but the microphone was not harmed. So real anticlimax. Yikes. There. Yeah. So. so for whatever reason, if you're going to like put in some like non-music part of the track you know they're basically they catch all of this um and that's what we're going to listen to but if you're going to do that like you have to be you have to be really like the stuff that you're doing the behind the scenes of it has to be entertaining and then you have to be really really good i think to earn some like background stuff yeah so like um the only like good example of this kind of thing I think was in the ICP album that we listened to where they did this sort of improvised song that was actually really sweet. And it was Violent oh, J like yeah. singing to the fans. Yeah, know? that was, but great. it was, it was very much like a B side, just them fucking around, but it was really cute and nice. And one of the few moments where I really just <laughs> like appreciated them. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, we're going to listen to this and it's longer Instead. than 14 seconds Yeah, just so you can get the full. <laughs> I guess we'll have to get the music publishing rights for this stupid, yeah. stupid outtake. That's not actually music. <laughs> I just want you to really see how cute it isn't. Yes. Creepy laugh. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Duct tape 301 here. I'm good. We're good here. How's that mix going so far? Clear? There it is right there. Okay. This is so terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes on way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean, I I feel like Albums should mostly be music. I mean, I don't even like skits on rap albums most of the time. Usually yeah. they're just like annoying and not very clever, not as clever as they think they are. And, you know, you hear them maybe once and maybe they're good one time, but usually not. But even if they are good one time, are they good 10 times, 100 times? Because songs usually are if they're a good song. Yeah. There's this, there's this song in... um. Uh, Swing Low Magellan, Dirty Projectors, I think second to most recent album. Mm -hmm. um, what is the song? Swing Low Magellan. Uh, one of my favorite albums ever. I think it's a really, really good album. It's um, very good. And one that earns, I think, a lot of... It might be poetic bluffs, but I think earns it. <laughs> because the music is so good. Yeah. But I think it's the song uh, Unto Caesar. Um unto caesar and there's some like moments where some of the singers are like obviously in the studio and talking like just some samples of it in the song um and for whatever reason i think it works because they earn it because the music is really good and there's this kind of sense of camaraderie of them them being in the studio and trying to accomplish their acrobatic vocal stuff that they do. Mm. Um, and I think they kind of earn it because you sort of feel like you're in the room with them while they're doing this take. And uh, it's like a an effective meta moment. Down the line in the modest morbid poetry. 
we singing? Uh, that doesn't make any sense, what you just said. Yeah, it's like kind of fun and cute, but I like, if you're trying to be cute, it just smells bad. You know, it's just like, I know what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. This stinks. Like, don't do this. Um, but if you're actually cute and you're aware of it and you have the discretion of when to when to let people see you when you're being cute, then it's uh, then it can be effective. But, you know, if you're doing like a Zoe Deschanel thing, that it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, you know, they're being adorkable. That's what it is. Um, that's what uh, Smash Mouth is trying to do here. And yeah. I don't appreciate it. Nope, not good. <sighs> okay, I guess that means I have to pick one of these indistinguishable, samey, boring songs. Um, Your turn. Oh, yeah, let's uh, let's look at w- one of the other ones on this album that was not entirely written by Greg Camp, the guitarist. This one is written by Paul Cafaro and Eric Valentine. Uh, Eric Valentine is a producer, engineer, and mixer, and I don't even know who Paul Cafaro is. Um, but this is a song called She Turns Me On. So this is um, maybe, is this the punkiest song on the album? This feels like mm. they're trying to be like punky. Yeah, I feel like they just like wanted to let their punkiness out to play a little bit. And this is as far as they could go while keeping all their new pop fans, at least musically. Mm. And then lyrically, it's just this cool, cool ripoff of one of the best, most empowering songs about women, Mambo Number no. 5. So oh, yeah. <laughs> there's this verse that goes, <laughs> number one, have some fun. That's the rule of the road. Lois, Jane, Mary Jane, we may never get home. Arlene, Annette, Angelina making the scene. It got a green Carmen Ghia. Wait, is-, is Mambo number five actually empowering? No, that was sarcasm. Okay. Because I was like, do you know something I don't know? <laughs> it's all about how all these women are completely interchangeable except for their names, I think. I mean, okay. I haven't thought about that song i mean looked at the lyrics so maybe there's more going on there that but probably Get ready not. for season seven lou bega oh my god <laughs> does he have anything more than <clears throat> I don't okay know. whatever i don't know yeah now i have to look up the lyrics apparently yeah me too are you doing it too yeah <laughs> this makes really good podcasting i think one two three four five. Oh, so he can count that's good Everybody in the car, so come on, let's ride to the liquor store around the corner. Oh, you remember when the radio edit of that song changed the liquor store around the corner to the candy store around the corner? Dear Lord, did they really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I remember that happening. Beer bust like a headlight last week. I must say cheap because talk is che- is a cheap. To me, flirting is just like a sport. Anything flies all good. Let me dump it. There's what? some dance imperatives in here. Yeah. Jump up and down and move it all around. Shake your head to the sound. Put your hand on the ground. Take one step. <laughs> I really want to see this actual dance. Yeah. <laughs> Take one step left and one step right. One to the front and one to the side. While your hands clap are on your the hand ground? Once and <laughs> yeah, clap your hands twice. <laughs> and if it looks like this, then you're doing it right. <laughs> what the fuck? What? <laughs> what is this inscrutable dance? <laughs> you can't run and you can't hide. You and me are going to touch the sky. <laughs> yep so um i feel like this is bra- that's probably a better song than this one i don't know <laughs> <laughs> at least it seems like it's about something and telling a story yeah woof what has happened do, to us do you have any <laughs> why did you make us cover smash mouth <laughs> i did it it was me i did it oh oh here's here's a completely inexplicable line in the song marlena tina and belinda good night irene Jean and lucinda i don't know why they're referencing good night irene but then this line jackie oh did she know did she know did she know what why are you talking about jackie O? what the fuck is happening who's jackie O? jackie onassis oh that jackie yeah jacqueline kennedy onassis um hmm. <laughs> did she know that <laughs> what did eh. What is this some sort of like Paul is dead or whatever? Oh, yeah. Did she know that John was dead? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Did she know he was going to get shot? Because Smash Mouth yeah, knows. That's what I'm saying. They were on the grassy knoll. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm gonna sign up to start annotating. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we can talk about. Uh, let's wrap this up soon. Yes, um, thank thank you. Please, we do the song "Your Man." Yerman. Blink-182 much. That's a, that's a really bad line break. Um, but you weren't listening when I told you everything that you need I ain't got. Oh, you should be gone by now, but you're not. That is really bad. Um, this song is mostly... Um, well, first tell us what, it, what is it about. What is going on? It's a breakup song about breaking up with someone because you're shitty, but you don't want to change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's just sort of like a self-pitying song and like um, kind of a false sense of nobility for, you know, I'm the one to say it, you know, that that you're too good for me kind of thing. So um, I don't know why you're with me. The only reason I see some is some sort of fetish thing. Um, so he's shaming her for like wanting to be with him. <laughs> yep. Some people like to be pleased and some like to be teased, which are you. Um, so yeah, he gets to be both, um, someone who's too interesting and too untamable, And he knows about it better than the person that he's with. So it's just the ultimate, like kind of self-important, uh, fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Real shitty. <laughs> I like this song mostly because it features an explicit merging homunculus style of the singer Steve Harwell with the guitarist Greg Camp, who wrote the song. It sure Verse does. Two, I play guitar all night long and I know hundreds of songs and I just play them all. Jeez, oh, braggy much? Yep. And yeah. Even when I get home somehow, you're still alone. It's true. I touch all the chords. Yeah. I play all. all <laughs> I was making all the right notes happen. Yeah. So that's like, the and then my favorite lyric, um, you're not alone. I'm with you. As long as we stay true, who would, who woo, 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 <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Oh boy. Um, e. so there's a very flippant use of the word bye-bye that I don't think is earned. Oh, uh, do you want to play that? Sans real <laughs> bye-bye man is what you're saying. Yeah. The only right thing I do is get along with you and days go bye bye for you, but they fly by for me. <laughs> he repeats bye bye, it. Bye. He repeats it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Eesh. All right. So things are looking grim. Fortunately, this is a short season. We only have three more albums. And I'm hoping um what is the spread for like the time? More? Yeah, it's uh, don't they only have six albums? Yeah, I guess, and we're skipping the gift of rock because it's mostly Christmas covers. Oh, right. Because, mm, yeah, we can skip that one. That's fine. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't believe they released an album in 2012. It was six years after their previous album. Oh yeah. So most mm, interesting. So we might not get to any of that juicy, like self-referential, like post-ironic liking of um, Smash Mouth stuff until their 2012 album Magic. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think people are actually doing that? I feel like mostly people are just kind of making fun of them. I don't know of any people who are like post-irony actually legitimately liking Smash Mouth. I don't think there's any post-irony. I think it's all just ironic. Oh, just irony. I see. Yeah. Well, they're already kind of self-parody, so. Yeah, we will see what happens. Um, oh man, this Fushu Mang acoustic album is from 2018. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know it's not new material, right? I just like is that <laughs> that's just such a like mid 2000s do thing to do to make an acoustic album. That's true. It is. Yeah, I mean they're way behind the yeah the cutting edge. So of they're course. so retro. Well, I guess at this point it kind of is. All right. Decade, well, decade and a half ago. I don't necessarily know if I want to talk about any more of these songs. Do you oh, have anything more that you have to talk about? I feel like we should talk about Force Field just for its sheer inexplicability. All right. Where's the riff? Here's the hook. Where's the riff? 
song is notable as being one of the least coherent songs Greg Camp has ever written. <laughs> so let me just read all of the lyrics real quick. Verse one, today's escape will consist of a mask. I found it in a bargain bin. Why do you ask? Rosy cheeks and a smile. There's no shame in my game of denial. Don't you touch. Move along. Keep your hands inside. Ask enough from afar. Enjoy the ride. It don't get much better than this. There's the riff. Here's the hook. Where's the myth? And then the chorus goes, manning my stations, taking control of the situation. Say hello to my force field. I imagine there was a lot of poetic bluffing like within the band because Greg is having Steve sing this. Yeah. So Steve is actually singing it. So Steve is like, at any point, was he like, yo, break this down for me, Greg. What's going uh, on here? Greg, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Am I like activating sleeper agents or (laughs) (laughs) what are we doing here? (laughs) Like you legally have to tell me (laughs) if you're a cop. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's some weird thing about, I guess he might feel like an animal in a zoo and maybe the force field is like the glass keeping spectators away because verse two goes beaten down on all fours and they'll stare as they pass. Please don't feed or provoke or tap on the glass. Bet you never felt quite like that. You could say don't complain where I'm at. Yeah, but then verse three has some of the most what the fuck lyrics ever penned in Smash Mouth uh, their entire oeuvre. Uh, the escapade still exists of the task of pulling, oh no yeah, of pulling a <laughs> off a miracle out of my ass oh but genius helpfully um uh, censors that with the at symbol and then two dollar signs so you don't have to yeah. look at the word ass <laughs> and then final the last two lines of this of this verse literally go with no exaggeration it don't get much better than that a savvy fox, a loyal dog, a sunny cat. Is that supposed to be like him and his band? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I, what is that? So, <laughs> let's see. Savvy Fox is the drummer, probably, because he, he knew enough to get out of the band at the height of their popularity. A loyal dog is probably the bassist, because he's dumb. And I guess that makes Steve Harwell a sunny cat. Man. <laughs> and then an ass. <laughs> yes, a miracle that ass. too. <laughs> Ugh. Eey. Oof. Mm. Yeah. Not not great. So that's the um last song I wanted to talk about. <laughs> and and the we the the worst part I think of that whole thing is saying pulling off a miracle yes. out of my ass. <laughs> you don't pulling it off. Not even out trying. Uh, so it's stuck no to the inside of his ass so uh. he has to pull it off and then out oh hmm okay well some people are into that so don't kink shame well you're right <laughs> i'm sorry thank you for being my being my anchor to decency yeah as can, usual yeah yeah you know um speaking of anchors to decency here's a uh here's a review from amazon well there's one person complaining about how this album was apparently categorized under death metal which is an interesting choice (laughs) um smash mouth (laughs) death metal so christopher a horan in 2002 writes title wow what a terrible album that i didn't want then the text of the review for starters i hate bmg they suckered me into joining their club and now they pay me back by sending me this junk and junk is in brackets (laughs) so it might have been uh replaced by some amazon algorithm from like shit or something yeah they continue i sent the card in late so i was overjoyed when this arrived that was sarcasm (laughs) (laughs) do you remember bm do you did you ever join bmg no what is that it was like one it was like a columbia records club essentially where Mm. you paid like ten dollars and got 10 cds but it's like a music uh, csa essentially but then you got signed up for like a recurring charge of when they would send you a cd every month and then charge you like 20 or 25 dollars for it and it was like almost impossible to get out of it wow yeah it's like patreon (laughs) yeah that's right supporters um yeah there's a lot of social inertia keeping you in because you know we get emails if you cancel your support naming that you seems to be the name and shame that seems to be the fad the fad lately is um like subscription services like those 
Right. Like there's actually enough options out there that we can't handle making our own choices. So we need to have like, you know, Spotify make playlists for us and people like put clothes, make, give us clothing, clothes box, clothing boxes and food <laughs> uh, give boxes, us boxes and, to wear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clothing boxes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this review I'm going to write a song about that. This review talking is, about the issues. Oh, but don't keep it funky. No, no. He, uh, this reviewer continues, I figured since I paid for it, I guess I should at least listen to it once. I tried, folks. I did. Sounds like a politician there. Uh, the first song was too much for me. It is way too, quote, happy for me. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. I don't listen exclusively, quote, angsty music, but this is where I draw the line. To me, the music that Smash Mouth is pushing would be more fitting to be done by the Muppets fuck you dude muppets are great <laughs> i know they're awesome and what <laughs> they would never sing this bullshit <laughs> no they're they have songs that are actually about something um and what's with the band pushing themselves to look quote tough on the album cover it's really unsoothing and aside from the goofy <laughs> orange it doesn't really seem representative of their style but i guess that you truly can't judge an album by their cover hmm yikes we haven't actually talked about the um the cover for this album it's pretty ridiculous uh yeah so there is a um a an illustrated um kind of sunburst just like two colors like orange and dark orange <laughs> yeah um behind uh and then <laughs> the smash mouth I mean, i'm trying to make the cover bigger but i can't s- make it work on genius I think there are uh, the smash mouth with that the smash mouth logo is like kind of a chrome um uh it looks like word art like microsoft word art if anyone yep. remembers that yeah it does <laughs> you're a 90s kid if you if, if you recognize this reference uh-huh. um and then smash mouth is um on the first layer the foremost layer but uh, in front of all of the and they are sort of co- there are half of them are wearing sunglasses and uh, they're all sort of cocking their heads at like in kind of sassy ways. One of them looks like he's resting his head on Steve Harwell's shoulder. Just taking and that's a little kind nap, of sweet. Which is, and then one of them is like kind of going like Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> with his head back. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's a pretty bad cover art. Yep, it's very bad. It yeah, it feels like they banged it out in like an afternoon with Microsoft Word. And a bad photo of them where half of them were stoned and the other half were just disgusted. And one of them has some real 90s core frosted tips. Ooh, boy. Yeah. And two of them are wearing ties for some reason. Yeah. And two of them have, what are they called? Like, uh, legs. <laughs> well, we don't know that actually. We can't see their legs. Um, I was referencing but, the, the song, The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're right. Um, two of them have uh, soul patches. That's what it's called. Oh, yes. Is this Steve Harwell's count as a soul patch? He's kind of got... Um, oh, you're talking about the two dudes on the left. Because Steve Harwell has like one of the most ridiculously skinny versions Ooh. of the blow tea. You know? Blow tea? Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's when a fat dude kind of has no face definition uh their neck just kind of like folds down into their or their uh sorry their face kind of folds down into their neck um and so they grow like a goatee or a beard right at their jawline to kind of create a jawline for themselves oh yeah i've seen that yep and that's that's a a fun fact that's originally why i grew my first beard because i was a fatty i was a chub boy yeah Chubboy.club. Yes. Um, hey, you can buy a signed copy of their single Summer Girl for $20 on Amazon. Aww. It's almost as if their signatures aren't worth that much. Oh, yeah. I'm looking. I am looking at a picture right now of um, Steve Harwell, and he very clearly has an artificial line with his beard. Like it goes well into his neck from his sideburns. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it and it meets his goatee underneath his chin. Mm-hmm. That's a really strange look. Yeah. Why didn't he just have it follow the the shape of his of his actual face? Maybe even he couldn't find it. 
All right. Well, now we're just speculating and looking at Amazon and photos and stuff. So I think we should probably end it here. Yep. Yes. Well, until next week with, I guess we're just going to try to continue with Smash Mouth. They have an album. It'll be over soon. It'll be, it'll all be over soon. Uh, They have an album called Get the Picture released in 2003 and that's up next. And until next week, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, tweet us at Topias Podcast. Uh, if you would mind writing us a review on iTunes, that would be awesome. Or you can support us directly by going to Patreon, where if you support us with um, as few as $2 a month, you get access to all of our bonus content, including a uh, forthcoming, or probably will be released by the time this episode is released that you're listening to, a, uh, a little episode, a feature length episode where we take a look at the movie Mamma Mia starring mm-hmm. everyone's favorites, ABBA. Well, half of ABBA appear in it as Kano. Yeah. <laughs> and then a bunch of other famous people, I guess, who don't sing, James Bond. Don't sing that well. Yeah. Um, the best James Bond. <laughs> is he the best? Hmm. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Fuck them all, honestly. Yeah, they all suck. I mean, even the the more recent ones, Bond's like a fucking rapist. I was watching um, Skyfall, I think, and it got like, you know, 40 minutes, an hour into it. And then there's just this scene where Bond just straight up rapes a woman. I was like, nope, turning it off. Fuck this. Fun. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, She like she's taking a shower and he just like walks in on her and just kind of like pushes himself onto her when she's vulnerable um, in terms of like power dynamics. Cause I think she's like on the run and has to be around him for some reason. Yeah. And so he kind of like takes advantage of it and just like comes in on her when she's showering and forces her. Yeah. It's, it's, it fucking sucks. So hot takes well, James Bond is a fucking asshole and a rapist and uh, fuck that. All right. Well, you also get access to, if you support us, our weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly. And what was in the box this week, Cameron? Uh, I talked about Luke Cage Season 2. On Netflix. Um, and on Netflix. And uh, the and I mostly lauded it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good show. Yeah. And I talked about The Haunting of Hill House, also on Netflix. We're just a couple of... Uh, netflix boosters at this point we're we're brand ambassadors that's what i like to think of myself we're just as. shilling yeah well that that's <laughs> they really need us <laughs> yeah that's one way of thinking of it. i'd like to think it was a brand ambassador anyway you can also listen to cameron's other podcast get up in the cool which is about and is old time music which is pretty mm-hmm. cool um and specifically appalachian fiddle and banjo music yes and uh it's like some real uh oh brother where art thou kind of shit okay i think i feel like um oh brother where art thou kind of sparked an interest and probably led to a lot of people getting into all-time music or definitely did or at least um some of the kids that grew up watching that movie ended up interested in bluegrass or blues or probably um ended up in a lot of like genericana bands Uh uh-huh it's probably where all the costumey hats are coming from anyway uh i digress but that's what we've been doing all episode well until next week i've been nathan hunt and i'm activating sleeper agents i've been cameron dewitt and i'm going to pull off a miracle out of my ass i knew you were gonna say that because i was gonna say it if you didn't So Rachel and I had a, had a conversation and, um, yeah, I heard something about, it was about the URL, right? Yeah. Yeah. The so domain. apparently I, I can get chubboys.club for $5, which is oh no, in its own way, a little bit better than chubboys.com in that it's worse and it makes Rachel very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm just shopping for domain names for some sort of weird fiction. Whoa. <laughs> Cameron, thinkers.club is available for the low, low price of $1,900. What the fuck? I know, right? Oh, it's probably like they're trying to sell it to Mensa or something. Yeah. If you're so smart, you can afford it. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. That's, I think pretty sure that's the motto of Mensa.
if you're so smart, why did you fall for a dumb scam? I mean, join our club, please.